An assassin, senator, and widow meet in a bar. No, wait, it's a plane. Will they survive? Goke, body snatcher from hell. wasn't quite from hell, was it? No. More it was kind of, of body space. snatcher from space. How misleading. <laughs> now, I wonder if that's like an American uh, adaptation or was that the actual name? Either way, know. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed when it was not from hell and it was an alien. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It would have been more unique if it was, honestly. Um, especially definitely. for Japanese cinema, especially with everything going on with Godzilla at this time and Everything mm-hmm. else, it seemed like everything was extraterrestrial. Yeah, that's that's a valid criticism right off the top of the bat. Criticizing the movie, Alex. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot, right from the title. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Monsters vs. Men. This is the bargain basement of the monster slash alien podcasting airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, I sh- we should say slash vampire airwaves, Alex. Oh, this yeah. week... As we try to stay alive, we're discussing Goke, Body Snatcher from Hell. This is a, um, I was, un- I had no idea what this movie was about, Alex. Me neither. I had no clue. <laughs> this was a recommendation from Michael Herndon, one of our executive producers for our J-Horror uh, series here. And yeah, I, I definitely see some J-Horror elements, but I had no idea what to expect going in. Yeah, I I didn't either. You know, obviously it's suggested for our J-Horror series, so I expected some sort of horror, um, which is maybe why I expected Hell instead of Aliens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, those two can't mix. Um, And so... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, off the top of the bat... Aliens in Hell. (laughs) No, that'd be cool. Um, But right off the top of the bat, I am glad this was recommended. Um, Oh, for sure. This one thing very I'll say, interesting. Yeah, one thing I'll say right here at the top is, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe this movie in a way that will not give away too many spoilers. Uh, you can listen to our episode here, see if this is something that you would be into, and I think we can still have a pretty solid discussion about this movie without getting too in depth with some of the spoilers that happen, especially towards the end of the film. Uh, so I won't go into the ending too much, but honestly, if you haven't seen this film, which this one is probably one of the least seen films we've covered on the show, go see it. I, I really do recommend it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's actually on Criterion channel. Um, yep. if you want to stream it, uh, via normal means. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. Shall we? Since we're already discussing it. Absolutely. Fairly obviously, Goke Body Snatcher from Hell feels directly influenced by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But does Hajime Sato, the director of this film, bring something unique to this vision? Or is this a film without much of a mission? I, w- I want to be perfectly honest with you and all the listeners. I've never mm-hmm. seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> uh, I have. But here's the deal. I'm not going to be able to make too many solid comparisons because it's been... 10 years, I think. Uh, and, and it's one that I've always in, intended to see, but I just well, never got around to. That might go on our list at some point, Alex. There's the 50s version and the 70s version. So 
Yeah. The uh, 70s one was by Steven Spielberg, right? I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen both of them, but it has been a long time. So uh, I will not be able to make too many direct connections, but this seems pretty influ- I mean, even the title, you know, <laughs> Body Snatcher is, is pulled directly from that. And there's definitely those elements here yeah. uh, along with that paranoia. But no, it's okay, Alex. I think we forgive you. Yeah, but but back to your question about, you know, whether this is a unique vision or, you know, is this a pointless film? Um, I would say, you know, to a degree, I think there is a unique vision of sorts. I think it is like a, it's a pretty... Unqualified praise. (laughs) Exactly. You know, for me, I think it feels pretty unique, even if it is, you know, story-wise, probably not. But visual-wise and kind of the way some certain things play out and I don't know. It does have a unique feel to it, though. And I do think it it's does, a pretty actually. fun movie, um, even if it does have some faults. And I think the attempts at messaging are mm-hmm. iffy at best. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do appreciate the ending, um, but the mm-hmm. message trying to be delivered is, while appreciated, because I do agree with it, um, <laughs> it's a bit ham-fisted, and that might be putting it lightly. Yeah. And it's just not delivered concisely or um, I guess fluently throughout the film. It, it just kind of rears its head throughout. Yeah. But really, I think that is probably a pretty small complaint, though, overall for me. But it is certainly a lingering complaint. Uh, yeah. But what about you? you? Do you think it's unique? Yeah. What is this? Well, I'm glad you brought up that heavy-handedness because that's honestly my main criticism of the film. Uh, I just think the themes... I like them like I'm I'm down with the themes that that were presented here but the way that they're just kind of shoehorned in at very pointed moments you're like (laughs) why why you know they feel so forced when they give us those tinted montages of the Vietnam War just to get us to see how bad humanity really is like we know (laughs) like you don't have to give us the macrocosm whenever we're seeing the microcosm here unfold among this group of passengers right uh it's just you don't need to do that you don't need that heavy hand in this whenever the interactions and the paranoia that's taking place among uh this group of individuals is enough to get that message across right right? um the only time i did feel something for one of those montages (laughs) was at the end the very last one because mm-hmm. of where the film actually did end up. I was surprised by the ending, Alex. Uh, I was like, wow, I did not expect that. And again, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody hasn't seen it yet. But I thoroughly liked what it did at the end of this film. Uh, mm. Definitely go watch it. The ending is something for sure. Uh, and, and generally, I think this film probably deserves more praise. Um, but I imagine it's brushed aside because it's seen as that invasion of the Body Snatchers clone. When in reality, it does feel like a mishmash of a lot of really cool ideas and interesting concepts. But the way those interesting ideas and concepts are mashed together feels unique. We've got elements of the Twilight Zone, the Thing, the Mist. My, I say lost, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> it has a bit of everything in it, and it's quite a wild ride. Did you enjoy the story here and, and the pacing of it all? Yeah, I, I did, actually. You know, I thought the pacing was pretty good. The story kept me pretty captivated. Um, you like these types of movies. You like these types of 
get me a small group of people together I and do. watch watch the chaos unfold. Generally I, speaking, I know I really do. I, I absolutely love. Now this one doesn't have paranoia in it um, because <laughs> whoever's right. possessed by it is very clearly possessed by it by the giant <laughs> gash in their face. Yes, um, <laughs> but it does have people treating each other badly. It does, but yeah, survive. you're you're right though, I, and maybe I've never really. <laughs> I, I guess I've kind of thought of it, but I've never really put together that uh, I love movies where it's just a small group of people tearing each other apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. I, I like it even more when there's paranoia, like the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and things like that are very intriguing to me. Um, now, horror movies in general with slow moving villains inherently just lose me a little bit mm. if i'm mm. being perfectly honest um because this is the suspension of disbelief for that is just pretty high just in general but because i i'm kind of laughing at someone being trapped by a plane when they could have easily just ran to the left or <laughs> something like that like, like, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of ridiculous a lot mm-hmm. of times but it is a trope and it, it was used pretty heavily in the 70s and 80s yeah. Um, and, and another thing I did like, though, is I like the body stature. Oh, I yeah. like the big wound that opens in the face. Like, it Very just slices cool. in the face. And then we see why as the thing crawls in there. Like, it didn't have other holes to go into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gross, really. Yeah, it is. It's just a direct and, opening to the brain, Alex, I think. Yeah, you know, you might have a good point. Um <laughs> And, and the fact that they become vampires is kind of cool, actually. I yeah, didn't expect them to <laughs> even be called blatantly vampires, which was totally not necessary. No. <laughs> um, and I like the interplay between the characters as well, especially the the machinations of the, the politician. And is it a weapons dealer yep, that he's dealing yep. with? I believe and, so. And yep. his wife. Mm-hmm. I really like that, that trio right there. And I think it's... That whole situation with the alcohol is all humorous and diabolical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah, and it, it, it is hilarious, this group of individuals that we have, like just the extremes that we have. You know, we've right. got a senator. We've got a Vietnam War vet widow. <laughs> yeah. We've got a, uh, yeah, a weapons dealer uh, who's the senator's cheating on with his wife right but they both know it like everyone they knows both it know it you've got you know a professor you've got a psychiatrist it's it's interesting right it's interesting to say the least uh these characters that they put together convenient but interesting yeah the thing is like you know you kind of look at what the archetype of each of these characters and a lot of them for the message that this film has, you know, mm-hmm. this big anti-war kumbaya, which I agree with again, <laughs> even though I just like disparaged it with the kumbaya. Um, but this big message, um, all the characters make a lot of sense for it, mm-hmm. except for the pilot and the uh, pilot, yeah, the stewardess. Yeah. The, those two didn't make sense in the grand scheme of like all the other characters there. Well, they were just the embodiment, I think, of that human the kind of goodness. The viewer, yeah, or maybe, but I doubt it. Uh, I think we get kind of the viewer, what happens to the viewer there at the end. But uh, no, I think they're just supposed to be the embodiment of goodness. You know, the professor yeah. at one point is talks about how he'd given up on humanity 
until he encountered two beautiful human beings like these two, you know, Um, they really were selfless. You had the pilot who literally puts himself in harm's way for the the suicide bomber. And I don't think we mentioned the bomber. Yeah, we haven't. (laughs) Another one and a, and a hijacker that are not connected um, on this plane. (laughs) Yeah. So you had a lot of people here that are, are pretty extreme. But, I mean, he puts himself in harm's way for someone that was carrying a bomb aboard, yep. you know? That's that's interesting and, and shows a lot about his character, I think. Um, but, you know, the character that I find, found, found the most hilarious was that American woman. Um, <laughs> oh, she was gosh. the most heavy-handed of the characters. Uh, <laughs> and the one scene that stands out as completely over the top is that <laughs> breakdown that she has where yeah. we find out, you know, that, that her husband was this Vietnam War uh, hero who was killed. And now she's like facing, you know, the grief of that. It's right. just, re- and then you get the montage right there of, oh, of yeah. human depravity, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which so subtly matches the color of the alien ships coming oh, yeah. in, you know, uh, it was a bit over the top. And then, you know, <laughs> oh boy, you had that quote, you had that quote where, uh, like he got his face open, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. pomegranate. So, yeah. Right? Yeah. He was killed in friendly fire on napalm. And then he says in quotes, he says, ripped his face open like a pomegranate. And I'm like, yeah, he's saying all of this with an earshot of her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's saying all right. of it with an earshot of her. And he has no idea. Like, like, like he's just like, like, how do you know this information about her husband? I like, know. It makes no sense. It doesn't. But, you know, some of those things are interesting, though, right? Like, the fact that his face is blown open like a pomegranate is a very interesting visual, like, cue. When yeah. you consider what happens with the snatchers, you know, with the goke and how they oh, have yeah. that that slice into the forehead, like that's a very interesting way to describe that. Considering what happens, you know, um, but yeah, that was so over the top. I'm like, did that? Did he really just say that? Yeah, <laughs> like with an earshot of her. I'm like, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like someone was like, what did she say? And he's like. <laughs> He got his face blown up like a pomegranate. I'm like, no, she didn't just say that. But like, why are you saying this? It's so bad. It doesn't make any sense because even if she didn't say that, there's no way he would have known. Exactly. It makes zero sense. And I think think the pilot, which is just so weird because he's so thoughtful the whole movie. Oh, he's such a good guy. In this one line, he's like, he had his face blown open like a pomegranate. You have no idea. You have no idea. No idea. No ideas. Oh my gosh. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of <laughs> besides that one. I do like a lot of these moments between the characters. You know, I mentioned the alcohol scene, but the vengeful wife is really great mm-hmm. when we see how angry she actually is about being put in this situation. Yeah. Um, and just all of the professor's general talking points, I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I really like about him is that he does kind of fall into this depravity. Um, yeah. but what's fascinating about him is that he is capable of self-reflection and realizes that he's gone too far, which is not something we see from a lot of characters. You know, once, once you go too far in a lot of films, it's kind of too late. Yeah. Huh. And you keep descending and instead he kind of realizes he's gone too far in the name of 
I yeah, he pulls back, but it's too late to save him. <laughs> yeah, because he's already got his leg like, hurt, and then yeah, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's true. Uh, that, that's a good point. He he did uh, go too far, but he does have that realization. One thing that I found interesting about last week, this week, and even our MVM Plus content for this week, Alex, is this idea of losing agency or control of your own body, especially in each of these films among women. So last week in uh, House, we had Gorgeous being possessed by her aunt, right? Her auntie. Right. This week, we get multiple characters being controlled, but the first that is the speaker is the wife, right? The speaker of the Goke alien first appears mm. in the form of the wife. I think that's an interesting fear that's being realized um, in these sorts of film films and these sorts of ideas. I think it reaches back to this primal fear of our freedom and choice being stripped and ripped away from us. This reminds me of uh, City on the Edge of Battle, the, the second Godzilla anime. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Yeah, which is which is probably my favorite of those three. Um, uh, no, the last one. I was going to say, oh, you've converted. I like no, it. Planet Eater. <laughs> Planet Eater is the best. Uh, but yeah, I just think there's that, that primal fear about that choice being ripped away. Um, and it's interesting that it happens within women in each of these cases because generally speaking, we do see less agency with certain types of, um, you know, governments, certain types of societal structures. Lots of times women do have less agency than men. So it's interesting that their choices are being stripped away in these cases. Another thing that I found interesting, kind of like one of those throwaway things, kind of like the the face opening like a pomegranate, was uh, the fact that, you know, the senator, we see him cheating with the weapon dealer's wife. And it's really evocative how he's kind of necking her, <laughs> um, like making okay. out with her in a sense, but in a very sort of weird way, which yeah. of course harkens to this fact that he's kind of already this vampire-like character, oh. right? Um, it's he's, He really is getting really up in her <laughs> neck, right? Um, yeah. which, is, which is just strange. And then, of course, later uh, when the American is taken, quite literally – the alien, I don't know if this is on purpose or just what what uh, the actor did, is kissing her neck, um, which is quite strange. But it just seemed a little bit parallel, a little bit too coincidental to be on accident there. So I liked some of those tie-ins that were just like, huh, that was an interesting, thoughtful little tie-in. Kind of throwaway, but I see what you did there. Right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's a good point, yeah. Eric. Good, good stuff. <laughs> well, MVM Plus this week, it's another Alex Marvel versus Men. Uh, I'm excited for it. This week, we are discussing Black Widow and Marvel versus Men. Yes. And I do think we see this idea of losing agency and losing control within Black Widow. And I'm sure we'll get into some of those themes and ideas a little bit um, in our discussion of that film. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. I'm excited for it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can listen to that over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive our weekly bonus MVM plus episodes and our backlog of Marvel versus men. We've, what have we covered so far for Marvel versus men? Um, We've covered the the 
three talked, television series. Right. We talked about WandaVision uh, mm-hmm. quite extensively on an episode, but it wasn't quite a Marvel versus man. Yeah. But then we hit we hit the ground running with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. Yeah. And then this will be our first movie-based one. Um, yeah. And then, Eric, I think yeah. you need to dive into Marvel What If. I'm only four episodes in. Ooh. Yeah. And... You know, some of the episodes are almost just like a little different version of the movie, mm-hmm. but then we get super different hmm. uh, stories that are uh, really interesting. Cool. This last one I watched with Doctor Strange was excellent. Nice. Well, I may, Alex, go see uh, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to oh, see it. Oh, good man. And I did go see Venom, nice. uh, Let nice. There Be Carnage. Nice. Well, we'll, we might talk a little bit about those as we get into our um, Black Widow discussion this week. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. Those are usually pretty uh, conversational reviews. They're a little bit less formal than these reviews, but we do have the normal awards at the end, um, even if we prepare less for them. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like those episodes are just as good as these. I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of our awards, let's go ahead and jump into our awards for Goke here, Alex. Coolest character award, who'd you have? My alcohol dude. <laughs> the AKA, weapons dealer? AKA weapons dealer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mostly because his plan to dry out uh-huh. <laughs> the so politician. Bad. It's so funny. And so I had to give him props for playing the long con. Yeah. Good man. Now, yeah. you know, I'll ignore that he is pretty much pimping out his wife uh, just for the purpose of this award. So bad. <laughs> because it makes him less cool, <laughs> certainly. But uh, yeah. the, the the drying out of his you of just like that idea. politician. It was, it, was just, it was so funny. And then him pouring the water out in front of him. It's just so good. Yeah. My coolest character award really kind of shined, I would say, in the first 30 minutes of the film. And that, that was Dr. Momotake, who was the psychiatrist. Uh, he just had this very interesting look on the whole thing. Like he was very self-aware. He's like, oh, this is an opportunity to observe man at its, uh, in its primal nature. You know, yeah. like he, he saw the whole thing as an experiment, uh, which was pretty hilarious to me that he was just kind of looking at it as an outsider, even though he was a part of the entire thing. Uh, so I, I found the psychiatrist pretty interesting and a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he, he he's very interesting. I really liked him. Uh, what about your most memorable line award? I'm actually having trouble remembering who said it, but I wrote it down because I just thought it was a funny, um, reflective line. The the person said, it might have been, uh, you know, no, I remember actually now. It was the, the captain asked the bomber why he wanted to bomb um, the plane. And he said, or, the world's yeah, no, a why he place, called in why. why he called in a fake report. Oh, that's Remember right. Because that was his excuse. Report. He said, I called in a I called in a, a fake bomb bomb threat, which wasn't. It was a was a lie, right? Right. Um, but he said the world's a boring place, that's why. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny because I wasn't bored in this movie. I was like, this movie is moving at a crazy pace and has these absolutely off the wall, larger than life characters in it. This is definitely not a boring movie. Um, so it's just funny that he would say the world's a boring place. That's why. Yeah, and it's a weird reason. It's so weird. <laughs> to do that. Yeah. I just want to see weird. what would happen. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, I, had a, right, yeah. I had a funny one as well. <laughs> uh, at the politi- After the plane crash, the politician goes, 
he he he's getting woken up by the arms dealer. He, mm-hmm. he says, "How's your wife?" And the guy goes, "I haven't checked yet." <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your coolest character, Alex. Don't make fun of him. I know. I <laughs> know. So he checks on him. I just, I just love that. But it's actually interesting that the politician cares more about his uh-huh. wife than. Yeah, that was his first reaction. You know, which is which is interesting. Um, what about your can't believe that acting award? I give it to the pilot. I can't remember mm. the actor's name. Um, let's see. No, I've only got the co-pilot. Hiroyuki right here. Nishimoto. That's it. Sure. Um, <laughs> right, right there. It was right there on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you, it was, you were about, about to, to say that. It was about to roll off. Uh, um, but yeah, he gets my can't believe that acting award. I think he's a really cool character. I think he's calm and collected the whole mm-hmm. time. And I just, I do, I like him during his like scary moments where he's got to run away and stuff. Eh, he just keeps the film grounded and becoming too ridiculous. I think. Yeah. No, I think that's a valid choice. Uh, my character does not keep my can't believe the acting award does not keep the film grounded, but that's why I liked it so much. And it was Hideo Ko as the hijacker. You like the way he stared at the camera from the same angle, like 30 times during the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I like the way. So he, another interesting, one of those winks, Alex, of course, right. Is like, the, uh, we mentioned a couple winks, but another wink here. Is the fact that the hijacker becomes the hijacked, right? Um, the first hijacked yes. by the aliens, which is interesting, you know? Uh, it it's just another one of those, like, uh, yeah, winks at us as the audience. But the way that he just kind of switches emotions so suddenly sometimes, the way that he, like, panics and freaks out and, like, has this, like, seizure, and then all of a sudden he's calm whenever mm-hmm. he's taken over, Uh He's just an interesting performance. That that look on his face with the slit in his forehead is something that I will definitely remember. So Hideo Ko, um, as the hijacker here, definitely gets my can't believe that acting award. Yeah. Followed closely by that American woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he does do a good job. He does a good job. And I never put that hijacking thing together. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about your standout effect award? So mine is the ooze coming out of the forehead. Um, I guess the alien ooze coming out of the forehead. And I guess it was a clay sort of, uh, you know, creation that they made. That looked really lifelike. Oh, no. It's cool, though. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Looked very lifelike and really kind of disgusting the way that it worked. What about you? Yeah, so I had the ooze going into the forehead. Oh, no, no. different. <laughs> but no, but I actually really do like that. But my award's going to actually go to how they did the disintegration of the characters after they're left by yeah. the entity mm-hmm. and how they retain their form, but then they quickly deteriorate into a dust. Yeah. It's very yeah. cool looking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That, that, there's a lot of little things like that that are pretty neat that they do in this film. Um, again, I don't know why this film isn't a little bit more popular. I don't either, except for maybe hard to access. But again, it's it's on. I mean, not I, everybody has Criterion. It's yeah, a lower yeah. price and all I that. Mean, but. It is uh, hard to access. Again, I think the fact that it has Body Snatcher in the title hurts it, actually. Um, 
because Probably. it's not Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But people will think, oh, this is like a Japanese ripoff of it. Which I could see it's that. definitely influenced, but yeah, I think that is an issue for it. I do. Definitely. If it was Goke Vampires from Hell, I think more people would watch it. Ooh, or Vampires from Space. There we go. Vampires from Space Maybe would be less a better people, title. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's weird. But <laughs> Eric, did you have any good shots on this one for the Oh, well, That's a Good Shot Award? Yeah. Um, mine was reminiscent of a sunset shot, Alex. And it was the hijacker, his first time that he walks towards those ships or the mm-hmm. lighted ship that has that sunset looking glow to it. Um, it's just really cool. That The ship is really interesting. Uh, not necessarily in its design, of course, but it's just this like, it's like a lamp, you know, like a mosquito lamp that <laughs> can't be resist. And whenever you see that mosquito lamp, you have to walk towards it. And that's how I felt for the hijacker as he walked towards the lighted ship uh, after being taken over. Really, yeah. really cool shot. Very cool. Very cool. What about you? Um, I had the weapons dealer's wife's death fall <laughs> when she's like taken over and she's talking on behalf of an entity oh, yeah. somewhere. And then it cuts to her falling and the it's effect. clearly, it's like a doll. It's just yeah. stiff as a board falling. It's hysterical. <laughs> it is. That is funny. <laughs> and then you get the shot after when they go over to her body. And they and turn around. <laughs> oh yeah. So good. <laughs> It's won't so spoil good. that part. Won't spoil that part, but it's something. It, it's something. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, Alex. How about you start us off with your rating this week? Yeah. So there are a lot of elements in Goke that feel familiar, but I think that there's enough fun to be had here that I still really enjoyed the movie. Um, what I really liked is I like the pacing. The story is fun. The themes are while I like them and what they're trying to say, it's not done well. It's done very poorly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the lumbering villain is always kind of boring uh, for me. But there's a lot of cool visuals here. I like some of the effects. And it's got a bold ending. Um, I really like the ending. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give this one a 3.5 out of 5. And it's one I definitely recommend, you know, everybody check out. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say if you like sci-fi, if you like elements of that sort of, um, as I called it, small group, <laughs> small <laughs> group of people go after each other, sort of horror. If you like, you know, Japanese films of the '60s, definitely watch this movie. Uh, there's a lot to like here. I do think it's unique in the way that these different ideas are mishmashed together it's pretty bonkers really the things that happen in this film and the characters that are brought together are unlike anything that you've ever quite seen before i can't think of a movie that does it just like this um so i i found it pretty intriguing i was engaged the entire time which i haven't been able to say about some of our recent films that we've covered i was engaged the entire time uh i was just curious what was going to happen next because i literally had no idea um, up until the very end, which I had no idea and was pleasantly surprised by with that yeah. said, I think it tried to be a little more profound than it actually was. Definitely. And, it, <laughs> <laughs> and that reach hurts it a little bit 
in my eyes. Though I will say some of the more subtle elements that I've kind of brought up elevate the film a little bit for me. I wish it would have just stuck to that kind of subtle sort of messaging rather than these over-the-top messages. You could have taken the American woman out of the story completely and had a better movie, I no, think. No, she was the best part. <laughs> uh, but with that said, the pros and cons all weighed together. I'm right there with you, Alex. I think it's a 3.5 out of 5. Sweet. Yep. What are we doing next week, Eric? Next week, we are watching Ringu. And I'm excited. The original Ring. Yes, yeah, so it's the Chef Boardee version of yes, the Ring. Yes, exactly. Ringu. Yeah. Ringu. Ringu. <laughs> uh, where can we watch that, Alex? That's the uh, question. I think it's on Tubi. Yeah. Um, I think it's on a lot of places. Yeah. It is on Tubi and can be rented at various places, but you can watch it with ads on Tubi. It might even be on Amazon just because it, whenever I, I might now I'm missed. I'm misspeaking. It's not yep. on Amazon. Nope. It's, it's on Tubi with ads and AMC plus and direct TV and uh shutter. Is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's available different places. Uh, we're watching Ringu from 1998 next week. I'm excited to see it because I did like the ring when I watched that Alex and you said the ring you don't think has aged well. I'm curious if Ringu will feel okay still. Well, uh, the thing is, after I actually think plus years. I think the ring would actually have aged really well if pop culture hadn't gotten involved. <laughs> mm, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of its aspects of the of America's the ring mm-hmm. have been ruined and messed with a bit because of just a lot of parodies and a lot of um, oh, just kind of riffs on it that it got overplayed and yeah. it kind of wore out its welcome. And so now it's just not quite as good. No, Even agree. though, man, I loved, I loved it back when it first came out. It was oh, the yeah. most terrifying movie experience I've ever had oh, when really? I was watching a movie in, in the in theaters, that is. Oh, yeah. Um, huh. I've seen scarier movies, but just that experience, oh, there's nothing yeah. like it. Um and rhyme? Yeah, I, uh, I did not make one, but I think I've got one. Okay. All right. Next up is Ringu. Is this storytelling smooth, or does it make us want to groove, or does it make us want to shove it off a cliff? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> shove it in a well. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Um. Next week. We're offering up some Ringu. I hope it doesn't give us the flu. I hope it or offers something new. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Italian dish of Ringu. I'm excited for it. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully It'll no poo is involved. Uh, <laughs> As always, you could we need to stop this. As always, <laughs> we you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com. Or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. We'd like to hear from listeners. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, you can send us messages on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. 
And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try to stay alive. See you all. I almost burped. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>